0: All right, good evening. Yeah, it, felt like, it felt like we were on a mission trip during worship there. Nobody knew what words or what, what language. It's like you go out in another country and you try to worship, you're like, what, what language are we even singing in? And so you just, you mouth along, right? And then things don't work, and so it's the appropriate day to have that. Even Gerardo was confused, and he knows every language that we were trying to sing in. And he was going, I just speak guitar. And so he just kept playing. And it worked. My son, and my son, let me t- see. I, schools are a little crazy. Todd said, there's an agenda. Let me tell you real quick. Just pray for our, our kids' school. My, my son had a, a substitute teacher this week, a math teacher, who apparently was not happy with the way the, either the math lesson was going or the way the kids were receiving the math lesson. A few of them, I guess, don't like math, and they were causing problems. And she reached into her bag and pulled out a hatchet and goes, boom, puts a hatchet on the table. Yeah. Fifth, fifth grade, just up the road. My son's sitting in the class, and then he's, he said him and his friends are hiding behind the chair, and other kids ran out of the room, and then she threatened another kid and said, you don't want to know what else I have in this bag. They have a fifth grade teacher. She's a little older lady, but she's also a power lifter. She's always telling the kids her, her lifting goals. They ran to get her. They're like, she's going to take care of it. I thought that was a good plan. And then they had to get some more help. To, but I, all the kids are okay, but I'm just saying, I mean, it's not far from us, right? That's, that's my kid's school. That's just, just up the road. Praise, praise the Lord. He watched over everybody. But... Uh, it's a crazy place, um, and it also just reminds us we do need people to be there and to be a light. So I praise God that we do have some kids who can take the gospel and can, can, can bring hope into that place. So anyway, pray for that school. Maybe pray for the lady with the hatchet. Uh, March begins in a couple days. Can you believe it? By the end of this week, it'll be March. Yeah, yeah. That means that uh, one-sixth of our year is already gone. Almost 20% of this year has already passed by. Can you believe that? Time keeps moving, and it keeps moving fast, right? Uh, how many of you remember Mission Focus? Feel like a long time ago? Or feel like it's just yesterday? So, you know, time's weird. It feels both ways. Uh, You know what research says about uh, resolutions? It says that only 9% of Americans actually fulfill or keep their New Year's resolutions, 9%. Most, 23% will quit by the end of the first week, yeah. 43% will quit by the end of January and the majority will have failed to keep their New Year's resolutions by the end of February. So we're at that time where most people will give up on the resolutions that they made. Now, I don't want to talk about New Year's resolutions, but I want to put that in the context of the things that God taught us at Mission Focus. If you think back to Mission Focus, did God speak to you? Did God give you vision? Did God give you direction? Did God say anything to you? A few people nodded. I'm going to take that as a yes, and we're going to move on. Because it's one of those nights nobody understands the words. Okay. Now, if, if we treat God's Word the way that we treat our, our, our promises that we make to ourselves or to the people around us, then, then, by this point in the year, most of us have already forgotten or given up on the things that God has instructed us or the vision that He gave us at Mission Focus. If we're like the rest of the world in the way that they treat a resolution or a vision, we might say then it's already gone. We've already lost it. And that's depressing to think that God came and God spoke to you and God gave you a vision. God gave you direction. God said something to it and you said, yes, this is what I'm going to do. Lose weight, run every day, whatever. I'm gonna, or, or spiritually, gonna, I'm going to pray. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to go on missions trips. And all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah. Thank you for reminding me of that it's true because time and chance do happen to everybody. Time and chance happen to them all. Time keeps on moving and days get busy and things happen and all of a sudden we realize, man, I I have wandered from the vision that God gave me. We only have a few minutes, but what I want to do is just quickly look at two different men in the Bible who received a vision from the Lord and compare them and then compare how they engage with the vision that the Lord gave them. And what I want to tell you is really simple tonight. And the first big thing I want to tell you is this. Not only does God want to speak to you and give you a vision or, or give you, a, a, you know, a word, but He wants you to re-engage with that vision. Anytime that God speaks to you, it wasn't just necessarily for that moment. He wants you to hold on to that. He wants you to come back. He wants you to be able to re-engage. So we'll be in Habakkuk 2 and 1 Samuel 3 at the same time, so get your hands in both of those places, and we're going to look at two different visions that come to two different men, and make a couple real quick points, okay? We'll start in Habakkuk. That's the hardest one to find. I'm, I just wanted to hear more pages turn while I start reading. Habakkuk says this. So Habakkuk is a prophet. He speaks uh, you know, towards the, just, just before the The captivity of Israel. There's other prophets that are speaking at that time, but here's what Habakkuk says. I will stand upon my watch, Habakkuk 2.1, and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I will answer when I am reproved. Here's a mature man, a prophet, a, a man that is engaging with the Lord, a man that has walked with the Lord uh, for some time, and, and his position is, if I want the Lord to speak to me, then I need to prepare myself. I need a position myself. And so, uh, this is how he receives God's Word. The, this is the example of a mature man. A mature person knows that when they come into the house of the Lord, that there's a responsibility on them. They want to get ready to receive. And that was Habakkuk's position. He said, I'm going to go and I'm going to stand upon the watch. That's a... That's, that's that, 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 that soldier, that centurion, that one that goes out and, and paces through the night and walks a circuit to make sure that no bad guys come in and get you. This is somebody who is keeping guard. And, and, the, and the mindset of Habakkuk is that I am going to stay up, stand up, and be in a position to, to be on guard so that as soon as God speaks, I can receive it. So here's a man who's ready. And this is really important for us. We must, like a centurion, set a watch over our intimate, quiet, personal time with the Lord. We cannot let anything compromise that. That has got to be the watch that we stand on. That we will get up early and we will stay up late, and and we will defend that, and we will say, "This, this cannot go." If I don't meet with the Lord personally, then well, it all else is lost. And, and we have to take that mindset when we come into the house of the Lord and into, into meeting with the Lord. And, and then praise the Lord, we have... A lot going on here and good worship and good preaching and, and sometimes it's easy to get into the joy of the fellowship and the joy of the people and the routines of church and to, and to show up and to not have set a watch to, the, to say that I need to hear from the Lord today. And he says, I'm going to get on the tower. I'm going to get up into that high position. That's that fortress. That's when a city's being besieged. That's where everyone would, would flee to. That was that last resort. That was the stronghold. And this is where Habakkuk wants to position himself. And so he's ready to receive. Now, flip over to, to Samuel real quick. Let's see, Samuel, because Samuel's a whole different story. Samuel's a child in, in 1 Samuel chapter 3. He has not met with the Lord. In fact, Chapter 3, verse 1, it says, "...and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli." So he's serving and following in the footsteps of Eli. "...and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision." Okay. Verse 2 tells us that Eli hes getting old. He's laying down. He's going blind. Eli is representative of the nation of Israel at this, at this point. Israel has no vision because their leader has no vision, right? And that's played out physically just as well as it is spiritually. And uh, what happens is that God starts to speak. And God calls Samuel, and he jumps up, and he runs into Eli's room, and he says, here am I. And then Eli's like, I didn't call you. This happens three times, and then finally Eli says, oh, I get it, the Lord is calling you. And he says, next time the, the Lord speaks, why don't you just respond, here am I, Lord. Said, uh, you know, here am I, Lord. And, and verse 7 tells us, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the, was the Lord yet revealed unto him. And so here's some good news. Maybe you're new. Maybe, maybe when I mentioned mission focus, you said, I don't even know what that is. I, I wasn't even here. And the way that God has been moving and blessing this church this year, I would say that there are a handful of people in this room already that weren't here back in December. Like it, God is adding to this church daily and praise the Lord for that. And some of you say, I don't, actually I'm, I'm not in accustomed to hearing from the Lord. Well, that's Okay. Because we also have the example of Samuel. God wants to speak to you as well. You don't have to be a mature man like Habakkuk. You don't have to have all of the things in place. If you're here and, and, and you're uh, like Samuel, you go, I've actually never heard the Lord speak. Guess what? He wants to speak to you. He wants to deliver vision to you as well. He wants to instruct you. He wants to lead you as well. And what you need is the same thing that Samuel needed. You need a mature person in the Lord to help you with that and to help tune your ear to hear what God is saying. You need Eli in your life, even though Eli was a mess. Okay, so, so he does. He goes back and in verse 8, the Lord called Samuel again the, the third time and this is, Eli says, hey, tell him you're ready. So Samuel went, middle of verse 9, and lay down in his place, verse 10, and the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, Speak for thy servant, heareth." So even Samuel is able to get, receive a word from the Lord because his, his preparation was simple. Once he realized that God wanted to speak, all he said was, Okay, then I'm going to listen. And that can be you too. You could be that, that simple in a place where all you got to say is, Okay, Lord, then... Um, then I'm ready to listen. And so the word comes to Samuel as, as well, even before Samuel maybe was ready or, or it seems like he's able to respond. And, and I would also say this God called him many times before he responded. And God kept calling and kept calling and was patient and was waiting for him to get in a position where he could respond. And there's some, in, even here in this room tonight, who have never heard the Lord, Lord call, but I tell you what, he's been calling. He already has. And God has spoken already more things to you than you realize. The reality of God's communication to us is that we have missed the majority of what he's probably tried to say to us. I mean, he's called, this is the fourth time now, okay? And so they both receive a word, all right? And and they're in very different places, but they receive a word. Now flip back to Habakkuk again, and let's see how he responds to it. Because we only got just a couple minutes, so we can get into groups and to pray. Habakkuk 2.2 now. The Lord answered me. See, Habakkuk positioned himself and, and expected God to speak, and he did. It says, The Lord answered me, and he said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it shall speak. And not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. And in terms of revisiting God's word, I just want to leave you with two thoughts. And number one, the first one is when God speaks to us, we must write it down. We must be in the habit of writing the vision, writing the things that God gives to us in a journal or in some way that we can engage with it. And especially here for the mature person. You see, the mature man, he says, write it down and then make it clear so that every time you go back to it, it makes sense. So you can revisit it and it still is, it's understandable and God can continue to lead you with that vision. Because we're forgetful. I don't know what that's about. Welcome to Missionary Tuesday. What's that? Oh, that's an Amber Alert? That's everybody's phone? Oh, I don't have my phone up here. Okay. All right. Pray for a kid. I thought there was a tornado or something. It didn't even sound right. Somebody's got the late Amber Alert. <laughs> we already found them. Thanks. Uh, what were we saying? Write it down. This was, this was God's instruction to Habakkuk. Write The vision, the Word is meant to be revisited. So sermon notes are a start. We give you handouts and PowerPoints all the time, and that's a start. It's good to write down the knowledge that God is giving you, but what you really need to to make sure that you're documenting is what God is saying to you personally. How does this apply to me? Because if all you're doing when you show up at church is getting knowledge about the book, but you're not actually meeting with the Lord you're not actually letting that guide your life when you walk away, then what good is it? What good is that vision? I know the vision. It's not going to do the vision. So it has to be personal. God will give you vision and it will be personal. Make it plain. Make it simple. I should be able to go back and look at it. And this isn't the only time God says that. Deuteronomy 27.8, for example, Thou shalt write, write upon the stones all the words of this law very plainly. It shouldn't be complicated, right? So if God's giving you stuff and it, like, it takes a bunch of charts and diagrams and all this stuff and then to figure it out, like, just let God make it simple for you. I remember before we went to Pakistan, God gave us a vision and as we were preparing. And that was something that, that I, just, I, just, I just had to write down and put it so I would be continually confronted with it. Because the reality is, in in the busyness of life, and, you know, we're already 20% of the way through this year, like, we just start to drift away. This idea of vision, you know, creep or mission creep, like you can creep off the mission or other things can start encroaching in on the mission or the vision that God has given you. But I knew that as I prepared to go to Pakistan, there would be a lot of things that would want to distract me from the mission. And so I had to write that and make it as clear as possible and as simple as possible so that every time I saw it, it reminded me what God had given me. And that helped, as we went into Pakistan and into some dark and challenging times, that vision was still there and it was still written down. And I could look back at that and I could say, I know, God, this is what you said and this is what you gave me. And so that's how he responded here uh, to, to the mature man. Maybe, maybe uh, God did give you something at Mission Focus, and God has is, is been playing that out in your life. Maybe you actually do have a testimony of the vision. Uh, maybe you need to write that down for a blog. I don't, I don't know. Brandon may be looking for blog posts. Like if, or if there's a good testimony and there's something that God showed you, write it down. Or start your own blog if, if no one else wants to, to post it. Now back over to Samuel real quick. He gets a different instruction on how to respond and how to deal with his word. So the Lord does come and speak to Samuel. 1 Samuel 3. Verse 11. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all the, all the things which I have spoken concerning his house. when I began. I will, when I begin, I will also make an end, for I have told him... That I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile and he restrained them not. And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice or offering forever. Whoa, heavy message to a kid. And, and this is a message about his mentor, about his pastor, about the, the man who is leading him, his discipler forever his house is going to be cut off. And so, naturally, Samuel, verse 15, lay until the morning. He couldn't sleep. And sometimes this is what happens. God speaks to us and things are heavy. Some messages, some parts of a vision that God gives us are so heavy that it disrupts our normal life. I cannot sleep. I'm, I, I just have to, I have to consider this thing. And then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. And that makes sense. Because he's a kid, he's a child still. And sometimes God will give us uh, instruction that is that is that is burdensome. You see here the burden of a vision. A burden, uh, a vision can be very heavy at times, and there can be components to a vision that are that are hard for us to bear, and we and we'll wrestle with, and we'll fear. And and I'm sure what happened here is when Samuel woke up, uh, you know, it says he 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 got up and. And, uh, you know, he opened the the doors of the house of the Lord. I'm guessing he made himself really busy that morning. Like, he's trying to avoid Samuel, or Eli, at all costs. Like, he's probably beating all the rugs. Eli gets up and he goes, hey, oh, I made you breakfast. You go sit down and eat. We'll talk later. But Eli, Eli came right to him, right? And Eli asked him to speak the vision, And this is the second thing that we need to do when God gives us vision, especially especially when we're young, especially when we're less mature. Here's a child. When God speaks to you, you know what you need to do with the vision that God has given you? You need to speak it to somebody who is mature. You need to take that vision to your Bible study leader or to your discipler or to your pastor, and you need to share that with them. And Eli came and he asked him, he said, tell me the vision. And Samuel's like, okay. And, uh, and he tells him everything. He, he told him every whit, verse 18, and he hid nothing from him. And the response of Eli was, okay, well, then this is from the Lord. Now, for Eli, this was actually uh, a blessing, though it's a, big, though it's a hard thing, because God had already spoken to Eli once. Now, here's God confirming his vision. He's conf- giving him a second witness. So for Eli, this is a, this is a confirmatory vision, because God already told Eli, I'm going to do all this stuff. But for Samuel, this was tough. And so here's the other thing I want to invite you guys to do. If God did speak to you, if God has instructed you, especially thinking back to mission focus, I don't want us to lose sight as we think about the mission throughout the year of the things that we learned then. If you have a testimony from mission focus then I want you to, to let me know. Because we have a lot of missionary uh, minutes. We have a lot of weeks. And we have opportunity where we need you guys to come and to speak the vision and the things that God is doing in your life as a testimony to everybody else. We need to hear from you. Okay? And I want, you know, it could be real simple. I'll give you a formula. It'll I want you to tie it back to a point that a preacher made in Mission Focus. You might say, uh, I remember when Jay Shug said that uh, God, uses, um, you know, uh, God uses those who take action. That's one of the things that J. Shug said. And then God challenged me with that to do this and then give us a specific example and say, and this is how it's going. God is blessing it. Does that make sense? There's a simple formula. Sam said this. This is what it meant. This is what God said to me. This is how it's going. So we need to hear from you. We need to get into groups and pray. So we're just going to stop right there because we're at eight after eight. Two things that I want you to remember to do: write your vision and share your vision, and get people involved in that. And don't be afraid of a heavy vision. When it's hard and heavy, make sure you bring your leaders into it as well. Um, we're going to put a slide up here that's going to show you where to go. We're going to we're going to spread out all over this auditorium so that we.